I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet, over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Transformation and evolution. These two words describe today's guest, Deja Riley's life experience and journey. Deja is first a vibrant human comprised of many facets, wife, sister, friend, creative, mover, motivator, activator, source of inspiration, and most important, authentically herself. She began her career as a dancer, performing with Britney Spears, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, J-Lo, and Beyonce, and has been no stranger to the entertainment industry as the daughter of new Jack Swing pioneer, Teddy Riley. As a Lululemon Global Ambassador and trainer for Lululemon Studio, you can find her leading live classes or headlining campaigns on behalf of the activewear brand. Deja serves on Lululemon's advisory board as an inclusion, diversity, equity, and action representative. She was the face of Lululemon's expansion into the shoe category, headlined multiple campaigns, including Charge Feel, and on behalf of the brand, accepted the Footwear News' Award for 2022 launch of the year. Her latest chapter as a podcast host is only the beginning. Deja knows there are stories to be told and is ready to use her voice, experiences an optimistic outlook to bring these stories forward. She encourages her listeners and anyone following her journey to be a light and spread love where you go. Today, we are talking about finding our personal boundaries, finding the connection between mind, body, and soul, and how we can put that all together, and also choosing joy and choosing ourselves. Let's go into today's episode. Thank you so much, Deja. I'm so excited to speak with you today. Oh, I'm excited too. How have you been, Dr. Tracy? Good, good. I'm in the middle of a book launch and I know that you... Oh my gosh, exciting. Thank you. Yes. It's surreal, actually. Uh, Shame on me. I don't have it down here with me. I'm in my office and it's sitting upstairs. But yeah, it's called I Didn't Sign Up For This. And I've written it after hearing so many couples say that very thing in their relationship. Because of course, our relationships change and they're difficult. So all of that. Yeah. And, And you, how are you doing? You have a lot going on. I do. I do have a lot going on. Um, I am doing very well. I'm having a glorious pregnancy. Um, and I am just feeling like just the ebbs and flows of pregnancy and all mm-hmm. of the changes that come along with it. But all in all, I feel very grateful and I have an incredible tribe around me. And it's interesting that your book is called I Didn't Sign Up for this because I would say the one chapter in my life that I didn't sign up for was my infertility journey. And um, so much of that had affected my 
relationship with my partner, our marriage, and, you know, other relationships that were thriving prior to that were immediately affected by just, you know, the shifts and changes that I was going through during my fertility struggles. So I really appreciate you sharing that. That is this like inner experience that we really can't prepare ourselves for. And then often asks for people to turn inwards towards us if we if we can sometimes allow them to or yeah. even express that in some ways. But then also, I know your podcast is called Dose of Duality, which is beautiful. And this this idea of just being able to hold that both end is really hard in our relationships. Of so, oh yeah, yeah. You you tell me what what does that call to mind for you? You know, when I came up with the show, I was actually facing some personal challenges in my life with relationships. And I thought about the fact that we oftentimes are pushed as humans in society to be confined to like one single emotion. Like you can be happy, Dr. Tracy, and that's it. Or you can be sad and that's it. But that both end that you were describing is like such a huge part of the human experience. And all of it is so nuanced, you know, it's like, it comes in waves. Sometimes I feel two emotions at once, three emotions at once. Sometimes I just like, feel really depressed or really sad. And like, it's very hard to pick myself back up. And I I just think that it was important for me to open up a space and really open up and start this new community of people that were acknowledging the true duality of life. And that just means that like, there can be more than one truth at once. You know, there can be, you can have more than one quality at once. You can possess more than one feeling at once. And that's truly what makes you a full human being. I often think of relationships, how this disconnect shows up where people will fight to be right. And it's that sense of, you have to see it from my side. You have to agree with me because that in a way creates safety for us, right? That sameness, if you feel this amount of pain with me, if you feel this anger with me, then you and I are safe and together. And instead of that separate individuation, the autonomy of what it actually means to be in relationship with other people, you're speaking right to Oh, so, something that I'm so passionate about, which is so hard in our relationships because we really struggle with the autonomy and building it with connection. Yes. And I will say that, you know, I faced several different challenges along my journey in life um, as I, I make transitions, as I, you know, choose different things in my life. I think like this specific chapter is really calling me to draw a lot of boundaries. And so even in that shift, watching the dynamics change between me and family members and friends and like, you know, it really does um, put heavy emphasis on me choosing my individuality and me choosing to have agency over my life. And it's also making me have a lot of flashbacks about my childhood and how I was raised. And so I've been working through a lot of that with my therapist and with my life coach, just kind of, you know trying to adapt to those shifts and changes because it's not easy work. Is there something that you would be willing to share about that in terms of a core experience that maybe has like come up in this boundary journey for you? 
Absolutely. I would say like one of the biggest things that I face is kind of receiving this like unsolicited advice specifically about parenthood or even when I was in my fertility journey. And my biggest thing is that no one journey is, you know, similar or the same exact journey as someone else's, you know? And so like, it's very hard to absorb other people's unsolicited advice. And I've had to learn to draw very firm boundaries. And, you know, I appreciate when people speak from their own experience, because I understand that sharing is like a communal, you know, exchange, and we all want to be in community with each other. We all want to feel that sense of belonging with one another. And so it's important that we are able to have that human connection with each other. But it's also important that we respect each person's experience. And so for me, like the biggest challenge I would say is drawing boundaries so that other people can't necessarily like penetrate this bubble that I'm trying to live in with the positivity and the love and the joy of this pregnancy and this experience that I'm having. And I have really just had to take the time to acknowledge that my experience is not going to look like anyone else's. Maybe there will be things that you know I can relate to. And so that's why I say I can appreciate when somebody speaks from their own experience or just, you know, takes takes ownership of like, this is what happened for me and not projecting that onto someone else. Uh, but I will say that I've had to draw a lot of boundaries in terms of like, I'm not going to allow myself to be around people that are lamenting over their birth experiences. You know, I'm not going to allow myself to stay in conversation with somebody that might make me feel like super anxious or uncomfortable or stressed out about my experience. And so that has been really, really difficult for me, especially being someone who is a leader in community and someone who really loves to like kind of pull everyone in. I've really had to draw very clear boundaries around my space and around myself to maintain my serenity. Wow. And I know that that is such a hard journey to do. And yet... I hear you saying, I am choosing. I have that agency. You said agency earlier. That agency to draw those lines, to close the filter and to say that, you know, I see you, that's not going to be where I would like to put my mind right now. And this is right. Like, it's so hard for people to do that and for women to do that, especially. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions, but I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's SHRINK, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. 
sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year, and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft, and it's made with such great quality. But the best part is that if you're worried about commitment, enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all of your purchases. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code SHRINK for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with Cozy Earth. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom, and instead, my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me, and these Loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable, and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoccom slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. I wonder in some ways how your background, so for those who don't know, you were a professional dancer. I wonder how that has even shaped what it looks like to maybe struggle with boundaries or how you then want to set them moving forward? Yeah, you know, 
it's interesting because a lot of reflection has happened around my childhood. And I started dancing at the age of three. It was classically trained in ballet, jazz, tap, lyrical, flamenco, all these various styles of dance. And I enjoyed it so much. And I lived a life in the arts, partially because both my parents were in the arts. My dad is a musician. My mom was a model and also acted. And, you know, I was very excited to be doing that as an extracurricular activity, to be taking voice lessons, piano lessons, violin lessons, saxophone lessons, and going to all these different dance competitions. And I think that really, truly shaped me very early on to be a very open and fluid person. And so, you know, when you are going with the flow, when you are so open to the world around you and your surroundings, it tends to make you have more porous boundaries. Um, and it tends to make, you know, your boundaries a little more flexible. And so as I was this very adapted, like adaptable individual, like I could adapt to several different environments and people. And like, you know, I would, I was in Europe one day and then back in the States the next day and then flying to Asia. And like my life kind of had this sort of nomadic flow. And I was always opening my eyes to the world around me. And, you know, it was, it did serve me very well during that period of my life, but it also made me very like loose with my boundaries. And that is why like this chapter has been so significant. I do a ton of work with my therapist, a ton of work with my life coach. And I, you know, talk things through with my family and friends and like, you know, have these very important conversations and growth and like find the support that I need and the resources that I need that will serve me in this new chapter of my life. So yes, I will definitely say that the dance industry shaped me in a way that it actually made me a very open person. And I, you know, am not ashamed of that. I do not regret having that stage of my life. But this chapter in this season of my life calls for something very different. Mm. I think of even that feedback. Um, I started dancing when I was three as well and did dance competitions throughout my teens. And yeah, and it's, it's a joy. It's something in my soul. I think it's in our genes as well. My mom being a ballet dancer. Um, it, it's this, um, the porous boundary piece was almost adaptive in a way to help you be in that world though, because you were constantly receiving feedback. And if you were rigid, right, if you had a rigid boundary and saying, no, I'm not, Pointing out, you know, of course my feet are pointed enough. You don't tell me to be in this line and not that, right? Like you can't show <laughs> yeah. up like that in the in the yeah. dance world, in the art world. Yeah. And, and so, in a way, you have to be that flexible, open person to survive. Is too it sounds too big in that context, but to thrive, actually, I think is the word yes. I'm looking for. Yes. To thrive, right? And yeah. then when you take though that way of being to your next season of life. It might not necessarily work. And, and yeah. I think that's what you're saying. I, I, I connect with you, Deja, in that sense of needing boundaries. And it actually wasn't until my second child when I really had this aha moment. So here I was as a therapist, already working with clients for 10, over 10 years. I'm out for a walk one day with my newborn and I'm like, oh, I can't keep taking this all on. I can't keep doing this for everybody. I've got to step back from all of this. Yeah, I can relate to that so much because I'm already feeling that. And this is my first child. And just, you know, being pregnant um, requires so much energy. 
And I get constant reminders from my tribe, especially my husband. He's like, babe, you are working. Like your body is working. You're creating life. And I need that reminder because I am a very active individual. And so I always want to be, you know, very hands on um, and very in the act of something. And so with my body doing all these things while I'm simply just sitting down, it's like, it's hard to recognize that that is also work and you are actually progressing and growing and stretching in so many ways. And so as I went through my first trimester, And I was very, very fatigued through my first trimester and realizing, yeah, I can't take on as much as I used to. You know, my body's tired. I am putting in this work. And even though like I can't actually physically see it, even on my body, like it is happening internally. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important for us to acknowledge the internal work that is happening. So much of us put heavy emphasis, especially in this digital age, on the external work that's happening. So like, it's almost like if you didn't post it, nothing happened, right? And so I I always think about that as like a, a good metaphor for myself is like, well, there are so many moments, so many in-between moments that happen in life that are not, you know, publicized and maybe are not even shared with your close circle. It's just actually happening in life and it is moving you forward one step at a time. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that work just as much as we acknowledge the accomplishments and accolades and the things that everybody sees. One of my core pieces that I keep searching for, and this will be my lifelong journey, which is that I seek for approval and validation from others. Here I am doing a podcast. Me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> so glad to sit with you today. Um, <laughs> and I, I was just thinking about how, um, it you know, when we have to refocus inwards, it is that piece of giving it to ourselves and not posting it or having to tell the story or retell the story to make it real, to make it count yeah. and to make it matter, but rather than to go inwards and to really start there. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dr. Tracy, for me, um, and this is uh, an element that I've implemented into my life for probably, I would say the past like decade, um, a lot of writing, I do a lot of journaling. And so for me, like that is my way to have an outlet to really like, you know, put my voice down on paper. And because I have that same sort of characteristic of like, seeking that validation and wanting to feel that warmth and love from others, I have to remember to give that back to myself in some way. And like, I really loved the part that you talked about, you know, not necessarily having to vocalize the story or retell the story over and over. And it's like, if I write it down on paper, I feel like some in some way, like I've been able to put it out there or purge it, you know? And so I do a ton of journaling. Um, one of my most recent pastimes is coloring. And for me, like, you know, it was something that was really exciting for me as a child. But I've, I've learned that implementing play into my life is another outlet. It's another way for me to express and get things out. And because I haven't been able to be as physical as I'd like, I'm like, I have to find other ways to, you know, be active in, in a different way, you know? And for me, that's been like trying to find new things around the house. I mean, I love reading. And by the way, I cannot wait to read your book when it comes out. 
Um, but I will definitely like just put like sit down on the floor and start coloring or I did like a little paint and sip with my sister over New Year's. And that was so fun. We were like, let's do something unconventional. Like, let's do something that like we wouldn't normally do. And so we were thinking of all these ideas. She loves art. She's a makeup artist. And so we decided to do a paint and sip. And I was like, oh, I really love painting. So I went and bought all the supplies. And now occasionally, I'll pull out a canvas and like do a little bit of painting. But just like finding other ways to express myself, because I'm realizing that that self-expression is such a huge value for me. Oh, we need to hold on to that space of fun and play. And it is something that we can so easily lose in the everyday stresses of life and the distresses in our relationship. And then also in those postpartum days of what, you know, we're caring and tending for someone who needs us. And ultimately we need to be caring and tending for ourselves in just as important ways. I love that you've played, right? You're playing and it's such an important concept for for us as adults, and you're right, we lose it. You're talking about some of the mind pieces. Tell me how you connect mind and body, because I know that this is a big part of who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I like really love to express to my members and clients and even friends is that, you know, fitness is not a one size fits all format, right? I say it all the time it is mind, body, and spirit united. And so for me, even in wellness, I always think about three as a trifecta. They all go as one and you can't really have one without the other. And the clearest example that I can give of that is my own personal experience in the dance industry. I tell this story quite often, but I got to dance for some incredibly talented artists throughout my career, one being Beyonce. And I did the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50 with Beyonce, the formation, like grand performance. And it was incredible. And, you know, for me, I thought this should feel like the biggest, like, honor of my life to be able to be on this field. And yet I felt so small and so insignificant and just like not valued or appreciated um, and really just like not cared for. And I realized it was because those three weren't balanced. I think physically I was being fed, absolutely physically I was being fed, but mentally that was kind of suffering. And I think, you know, you and I can probably relate, you know, growing up in the dance industry, it is a highly critical industry. It is something that you really got to have thick skin and like just, you know, a really tough heart to muster through. And so I was recognizing that my mental health was suffering all of this time as I'm going through this extremely incredible career that I loved so much, doing something that I'm super passionate about, yet feeling just horrible about myself and not liking myself and constantly wanting to change things about myself. I changed my hair a million times. I was always changing my look, trying to match what I thought they wanted or what they were saying they wanted in the casting call. And then spiritually, I felt very disconnected. And I kind of went through this journey of like, okay, I'm going to be more in church or no, I'm going to lean more into community or now I'm just going to be more in solitude. And like, I just didn't really know where to go. And so I noticed that part of my life was suffering too. And I took 
just authority over myself and over, you know, my choices. And I decided that I had to do something different. I had to do something that gave me more of a sustainable and balanced life. And it was a really big decision for me to leave the dance industry. But I like cold turkey was like, that's it for me. I don't even know what's next for me. But I've got to find something that I feel good in mind, body and soul. And so I made that transition within that year into the fitness industry. It was something that I I already had a love for. I used to go to, you know, all the various group fitness classes. I would go to the soul cycles and go to different boxing gyms and, you know, just be in the gym with a personal trainer or just taking any sort of like hit class. And I noticed that I always felt really good every time I left these classes. Like I always was like riding on a high. And I just kind of followed that pattern. And I was like, well, maybe I like I could get into some fitness modeling. And then I was like, well, I don't know that that feeds me in every way. You know, I, I feel like I want to be like active and I want to be motivational and I want to use my voice as well as use my body. And that led me to becoming a fitness instructor. And so I started out at a small studio in Santa Monica teaching cardio boxing. And that kind of propelled me into this amazing career that I'm still in today. have chills listening to you share this because it's just this experience of deeply honoring yourself. And I I know you can sit here today having said, um, I'm going to leave this chapter behind. We don't leave it behind. It's still part of who we are, but we're moving on. And it's, oh, it, it sounds so easy. And I know for so many people, it's not. It's not an easy decision that you just come to. You you have to build this insight. You have to have this reflection. You have to lean into, gosh, I can only imagine how scary that must have been too at making that decision of I'm turning this completely upside down. Oh, yeah. It was terrifying. And I thought many times about going back because you know I had already developed a reputation in that industry. And so for me, it was like not only letting go of, you know, this art form that I had embraced for so many years, it was letting go a piece of my identity. Mm. And I remember going to different places shortly after I left the dance industry and not knowing what to say when people would say, what do you do? And I'm like, um, I'm, I'm in the art. (laughs) I just like not know what to say for a long time until I actually did take that job um, at that fitness studio. But it really was, I really stumbled a few times before I was able to find my stable ground. And, you know, even in the beginning of making that transition, it was difficult for me in so many ways. I would say one of the biggest challenges that I faced was, you know, switching over from you know, living this artist lifestyle where you're living kind of paycheck to paycheck to like teaching on a weekly basis and people, you know, expecting you to show up for them every single week at a certain time. And I was teaching, you know, sometimes upwards of 16 to 20 classes a week. And, you know, that definitely was a different feeling on my body physically too. I faced those challenges as well. 
And then just, you know, transitioning into a new industry and creating this new identity for myself, you know, that's never easy. And so I think that oftentimes when people paint the picture, they, you know, show what happened to the aftermath and it's like, oh, we're already done up, you know? But if you think about it, even in terms of like metaphorically, when you're getting ready for the day, you start out, you know, in your bathroom, blank canvas. And it's like, if someone were to see that side of you versus the side of you where you're dressed up, you're made up, you're ready to show up, you know, would they really be able to get a clear, like understanding of preparation, and then actually taking on the opportunity and then actually executing it. And there's so many steps that people miss along the way, especially if you're just watching somebody's social media feeds. Like there's so many things that you don't see. So like all of that behind the scenes, you know, wisdom that I gained, I try my best to continue to share it with my mentees and, you know, people that are inspired by me as I continue on the journey. I love how you're also doing your own work on this journey. I have found some of my most powerful shifts in my own therapy sessions sitting in front of somebody else. And it reminds us that in order to support others, we have to support ourselves. Yeah, that is honestly essential for me. Like I, me and my therapist, I'm like... I don't know what I would do without that partnership in my life. And, you know, I have been going to therapy for over a decade now. And I will say that it has enhanced my life in so many ways and provided me the support that's necessary to go from chapter to chapter. And like, I recommend it to anyone and everyone just, you know, to make sure that you're feeding yourself. Like you said, I think, you know, it is very apparent that we can't pour from an empty cup. And so one of my ways of feeding myself and pouring into my own cup every week is making sure that I'm showing up for those therapy sessions, even if I don't feel like I have anything to work on or anything to talk about, you know? Those are my favorite moments when clients show up because that's when we start to do some of the deeper work. And I always say to my clients, you're, you might get to this point where it's like the really big crises have settled down. This is when I want you to keep coming because then we can start yeah. doing some of that deeper work. And not everybody is ready for that. And that's also okay. Um, but wow, it can be so powerful. One of the common things that shows up, Deja, as you know, for women is this kind of pressure to form our bodies in certain ways. It's kind of this external piece. And I wonder what you say to women around integrating movement, that mind, body, and soul piece, and letting go of those pressures to be a certain way or to look a certain way? Yeah, I would say even for me, that's daily work. And it is something that I have to continue to do with myself, uh, just affirming myself, you know, on a daily basis and making sure that when I look in the mirror that I'm saying kind things, I feel like there is so many outside sources that will shame you and make you feel that pressure that like, I don't want to be in addition to that, applying more pressure to myself or shaming myself, you know? So I think for me, applying those daily tools like affirmations and journaling And making sure that I'm doing things that make me feel good, wearing things that make me feel good, going to environments that make me feel good. I think for me, that is daily work and it is work that will be, you know, a continuance through my life's journey. But what I usually say to other women is give yourself grace. 
I would say that to anybody, honestly. It is so, so important to give yourself grace and allow your yourself the freedom to just be. You know, I think oftentimes us women put so much pressure on ourselves to do, do, do. And my therapist actually says life is in the being, not the doing, right? And so I that resonated with me so deeply when she was like, you are not a human doing, you are a human being. And so much of life, happens in the being, but shows up to the outside world in the doing, right? Mm -hmm. And so in order for us to live healthy lives and in order for us to continue to be the full humans that we want to show up in this world as, we have to focus on the being. And sometimes the being is just finding that moment of solitude and quiet and peace that you can lean into. And, And for me, like that has been things like getting out into nature spending time with my friends, just laughing and like not having an agenda or anything, you know, that we had to tend to at the moment. Um, I also love just like these little bits of like self-care that I can get with myself, like throughout the day, whether it is, you know, spending time just doing breath work or spending time doing a workout that makes me feel good. Um, I like to find things that you know, bring me joy. And so I never lean into workouts that feel like a chore. Mm. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people automatically think you have to be just, you know, pumping iron in the gym and like, you know, sweating profusely to get a good workout. Honestly, sometimes I just have like 10 to 15 minutes to do some of my PT exercises, or like I've got a moment to do a meditation or a little bit of a yoga and like, you know, do a few poses. And that is what my physical activity looks like for the day. And just embracing that and allowing myself to just be with myself at each and every given step, whether I feel like superwoman on one day, or I feel like I'm super tired and, you know, can't really give too much of myself. I know each given day I am doing the best that I can and I keep reminding myself of that. And my mission in life is to keep reminding others of that. Like you are doing the best that you can with what you have. I start, I start often my classes with this quote from Arthur Ashe and he says, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And for me, like, oh, I could say those words at any given time and it just resets me. I'm like, yep, I'm going to start right here. I'm just going to be right here. I'm going to use what I have. If I've got low energy today, well, maybe what I need to do is something that's like, you know, a little bit more low impact or maybe something that's a little bit calmer to give back to myself. And I am doing the best that I can in this given moment. So like, just allow myself to celebrate that, celebrate my myself for waking up in the morning, celebrate myself for just showing up in this moment. And I think a lot of people tend to, you know, kind of brush that off and think about the bigger picture or the bigger things that they can accomplish in life. But takes the pressure off when you can just allow yourself to be. We overestimate what we can get done in a day and underestimate what we can do in a year or five years, right? So if I think of your mind, body and soul parts, one of my most connecting pieces is I will go down on the spin bike and I'll put on a song, one of my favorite songs of whatever it is at the time. And I will allow myself to just spin and just move. So I'm just moving as I need to. 
And then it's just this releasing often. There's often tears. There's often just waving my hands around and moving with the music. And it just, yeah. it just feels very releasing and soul nourishing to allow yeah. myself to just be in that moment. Not, not that I'm like, I'm going to go on my bike today and I'm going to cry today. That's not, <laughs> that's not what it is. It's like, okay, let's see. Is it day 25 of my cycle right now? And <laughs> you know, I could use a good cry. The whole weight of the world's on my shoulders, but it's just more of the, where am I today? What, what's happening for me in this moment? I'm just going to move my body. I'm going to listen to the music and then whatever comes over me comes over. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea of just like having that cathartic experience and like, you know, embracing whatever that might be in the moment for you. Maybe it is you just like screaming out loud or like maybe it is you, you know, shedding a few tears, but whatever it is, that release is so rewarding. Mm -hmm. Say those three things again. You open your class with start where you are, do what you can, or sorry, start where you are. Use what you have, do what you can. Mm, that is a, a beautiful one. I'm going to hang yeah. on to that one. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. Of course, of course. I, I want to touch on the one piece that you are doing as well, which you serve on Lululemon's advisory board as an inclusion, yeah. diversity, equity, and action representative. I think that's so important. So I'd love to hear about the work that you're doing in that space. Yeah. So one of the things that I love so much about being an ambassador for Lululemon is that they care about the people and the relationships over the product. The product speaks for itself. Anybody who's ever worn a Lululemon piece, I am wearing it right now from head to toe. Uh, anyone who's ever worn Lululemon knows that the product is exceptional. It is really, really, you know, tailor-made to people's bodies. It has incredible fabrics and materials that they use. And they are very conscious and intentional about each and every piece but they are just as conscious and intentional about fusing relationships. And so when I came on board to Lululemon and they saw what I was passionate about, they invited me to be part of AAB, which is the Ambassador Advisory Board. And um, they have a sector of the company called IDEA, which is Inclusion, Diversity, Equity, and Action. And the action piece is the most important. Mm -hmm. It's like, we can talk about all these things all day long. I'm sure we could go on and on and on talking about all of the things that we need to improve in terms of social impact. But they're not just talking about it. They are being about it. They are definitely putting their money where their mouth is and really going out into these communities and doing the work. And one of the best things that I have discovered in being in partnership with Lululemon is that they have been extremely supportive of the things that I'm passionate about. I really, really love working with the youth specifically the Black youth. And I have joined forces with various um, organizations. One here is in the Bronx, and it's called Girls Mentor Girls. It is a community of young girls from middle school all the way through college and into adulthood um, that are very near and dear to my heart. And Lululemon has sponsored events, given them you know, clothes and mats and things like that, and allowed them to have an experience that, you know, oftentimes a lot of these underprivileged communities never get to have. Um, I really love that I've been able to speak up and say certain things that are on my heart or on my mind or changes that I think I need to see and really watch them carry that out and execute making those changes because they care. 
And so that work is extremely important to me. Um, I think that Lululemon does a really, really great job of making sure that their, their people feel valued. And so, you know, I am going on three years with the company and I plan to be there for many, many more to come. Uh, but based on the relationships that I have and based on the people that I'm meeting and, you know, they, they really do allow us to create our own experiences. And for me, like not being told that, you know, I have to do things a certain way, um, has really given me a sense of individuality. And, you know, Lululemon has been just an incredible partner to work with. And I will say that, you know, I deeply care about them just as much as they care about me. I can just sense sitting across from you how meaningful this work has been for you. And just to be able to reach people in your community and to grow and to actually put these things into action is so important. So thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm curious if we were to leave people with one thing today. So those listening, most of my listeners are women and mothers. And they are on their own journeys of setting boundaries and finding different parts of their identity and learning to navigate the tough spots in all of our relationships as we all do. What would you leave for them today? Mm. Well, I've been sitting with these two very short phrases. And I, for me, especially going through this chapter in my life, that I would definitely entitle boundaries. <laughs> I've been saying, choose joy, choose you. Mm. And for so long, I often chose other people's, you know, feelings or thoughts or, you know, just putting others before myself. And I think that for me, for a long time, it did bring me a lot of joy. But I think in this season of my life, I think part of choosing joy, one thing that goes in hand in hand is choosing myself and putting myself first. And so, you know, oftentimes, especially as women, we have so many people tugging on us in all these different directions. And it is so important that we come back to that place where we can truly choose joy and we can put ourselves first and choose us. So I am saying that to each and every person, choose joy, choose you. Thank you, Deja, for this conversation. I'm so grateful that you joined us here today. Thank you for having me. This is so wonderful. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. See you next week. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. Fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.